Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show today. I know I've been talking to you all a lot about the connection between uh, my concerns around, I should say, psychedelics, the use of cannabis, and our health. And as I got into researching that more and more, um, it took me down a rabbit hole. So I want you all who are looking forward to that episode to hang tight, know that it's coming. Um, And I'm still putting that episode together for you all. So it's headed your way in the future. There's a really important topic that I want to dive into with you all today because it's a very misunderstood topic, and that's around vitamin D. Today, I'm going to share with you um, the different forms of vitamin D, um, two in particular, how they act very differently in the body, what their roles are. Um, We're going to go over the difference between um, getting your vitamin D from sunlight versus supplementation. And um, I'm going to get into this connection between vitamin D, especially the active form, and autoimmunity and chronic disease. So um, this is a really dense topic. I might have to break it into two or three episodes. We'll see how this goes, but I'm just going to dive in here because um, there's a lot of ground to cover when it comes to vitamin D. Um, so it's important to know that vitamin D is a fat-soluble psychosteroid. So it's a steroid. It's a hormone, right? It's much more of a hormone than a vitamin. And um, currently, uh, the mainstream, the both the Western and the alternative medical world are paying a lot of attention to a form of vitamin D known as vitamin uh, 25D, um, and w- in in response to this, we are really encouraging people to take high doses of vitamin D, and this is really an issue. It's an issue on on many levels uh, with regard to immunity and uh, overall health, and for some reason, um, this is being ignored. The, the dangers of supplementation, the dangers of too much vitamin D in the body, specifically via supplementation. So many people today are supplementing with vitamin D. And the people who are supplementing with vitamin D tend to be people with autoimmunity, co-infections, people who, who frequent their acupuncturists or naturopaths or functional medicine doctors, but also Western medical doctors are also recommending vitamin D supplementation today. It's a really, really bad idea. Hopefully by the end of this episode, 
you're going to really understand why vitamin D supplementation is a bad idea and why you should never waste your money on it again and how it is likely doing much more damage to your health, especially in people with Lyme, co-infections, Epstein-Barr, cancer, any chronic disease, and autoimmunity. So um, basically, we need to pay attention to the different forms of vitamin D. So um, there's a, a 25D, and 25D is the only um, the only form of vitamin D that when you go to your doctor, you say, hey, can you run some labs? Or they, they suggest that you have some blood work done. And you say, please make sure you check my vitamin D. They say, okay, yes, of course, right? Hopefully. <laughs> um, and then they test for 25D, which is the storage form of vitamin D. That is the only form of vitamin D they test for. And they test for one to three forms of the storage form of vitamin D. However, it's really important to know that you actually have at least up until this point, we know that there's at least 17 different forms of the storage form of vitamin D. But the labs only test for two and sometimes three of these different forms. So right off the bat, there's a big gaping hole in and um, there's, there's a huge issue with the way we're testing vitamin D. <clears throat> There's another form of vitamin D called 125D. This is the active form of vitamin D. And um, currently, we do not test for this form of vitamin D. And um, there's a lot of reasons as to why this form of vitamin D isn't being tested for. Number one is because a deficiency in active vitamin D actually doesn't exist. Um, so uh, people with, with chronic disease, with autoimmunity, with Lyme, with a lot of co-infections, they actually often have high levels of the active form of vitamin D, the 125, while their storage form tends to be uh, on the lower end. So this would not be a deficiency state at all. This actually would be an excess state. And I'll get into why that happens throughout this episode. Just kind of laying some groundwork here for you all. So you know that there's a storage form that's 25D. There's an active form of vitamin D, which is 125D. And um, so when you take a pill, you have pre-vitamin D in that pill. And um, you take the pill and it is transported into your body with uh, via LDL cholesterol, okay? So when you take vitamin D via pill, it needs LDL cholesterol present to be able to transport it. This is not how vitamin D that's produced in your skin is transported. This is a big difference. LDL is not the primary transport system for vitamin D. It's not what the body prefers it's not how the body was designed to transport vitamin D, but when we take it via a pill, this is the way it has to be transported. This is the the option it, it the only option there for it to be transported, okay? So, 
Um, and the vitamin D has to, to uh, go to the gut, enters the gut via the lymphatic system. And then hopefully it makes it to the liver. Okay. Now, um, sometimes it will make it to the liver. We, we hope, um, because that's a, a, a place where acti- vitamin D gets activated, where the uh, pre-vitamin D becomes the storage form of vitamin D. However, um, when we take it in a pill, when we take our vitamin D in a pill, we have no idea if it's actually going to make it to the liver or not because the liver isn't the main transport system for vitamin D. Uh, Vitamin D binding protein actually is the main transport system for vitamin D and that's how we transport vitamin D when we're in sunlight. And LDL cholesterol, its main goal, its its role, its purpose is not to carry um, fat-soluble molecules to the liver. So if there's other tasks along the way that LDL cholesterol has to perform, it actually won't drop vitamin D off at the liver. It'll drop it off wherever it wants to, <laughs> and it will continue on um, its main role you know, healing, cleaning up a, uh, an area of the body that needs healing, um, making hormones. These are more of the main roles of LDL cholesterol, not to transport vitamin D. But when we take it in a pill, LDL cholesterol is the transport system. It's the Uber that picks up the pre-vitamin D and hopefully takes it to the liver. But um, we can't actually say that happens in, you know, every single case and every single time you pop a supplement, we can't say that it's going to make it to the liver. So this is a real issue. Um, if vitamin D doesn't make it to the liver, then it doesn't make it, you know, it doesn't enter the 25D storage form. It ends up in your muscle, it ends up in other tissues, it ends up in other organs, it ends up in other parts of the body. And um, so this is one reason why I'm not a fan of people taking supplements. We don't even know if it works. Because here's the thing, you take vitamin D in a supplement, has to be transported via LDL because there's no vitamin D binding protein there. We hope it makes it to the liver because vitamin D, the storage form, okay, gets activated in the liver. It becomes, it goes from pre-vitamin D to storage form vitamin D when it gets to the liver. Now, when your body needs to use vitamin D in a way to support healing in the body, let's say you have an infection, let's say um, uh, there's there's an injury that needs healing. There's a chronic disease in the body that needs healing. The liver will release the storage form of vitamin D, D25, and will send it to the kidney to become 125, the active form of vitamin D. All of the accolades that we give to vitamin D quite literally belong to 125, the active form of vitamin D, not the storage form of vitamin D. The storage form of vitamin D, 25D, that the labs test, it literally only acts as a storage. It's like when you have too much shit in your house and you have to put some in storage, you go and you put it there, and when you go get it, you go get it when you need it. 
And this is exactly what the body does with vitamin D. It stores 25D in the liver. It can store it in the muscles. It can store it anywhere. But it pulls on it, especially from the liver, in times of need. So if your body doesn't need it, it will not release it out of storage. So when your body needs it, releases the 25D, sends it to the kidney to become 125D, and this is when your body, uh, the 125D is responsible for uh, improving uh, your immune function. It's responsible for defending the body against cancer, for cleaning up pathogens, for making uh, T-cells, macrophages, antimicrobials. The storage form of vitamin D that we give all the accolades of vitamin D to actually have nothing to do with the accolades of vitamin D. 125 is the active form, meaning it actively goes out and performs healing in the body, specifically with regard to um, any immune system needs. So this is really an important distinguishing factor to make when it comes to vitamin D. And... um, we don't understand this we're not we're not looking at this this piece of the the vitamin this side of vitamin d when it comes to testing when it comes to supplementation um because if that supplement that you take a vitamin d doesn't actually make it to the liver um then it's just going to be stored in your fat it's going to be stored in other places in your body and may not even be converted or be able to be converted to the active form of vitamin D, which is our, basically our immune system warrior, the 125 active D. So um, we really need to pay attention to this. And also when most people today are taking mega doses of vitamin D, they're taking like 2000 IUs and above. This is not a natural amount of vitamin D to have in the serum, to have in the bloodstream. And there's a lot of of issues going on here because when you have too much vitamin D in your bloodstream, let's say from mega dosing on vitamin D supplements, let's say you take 10,000 IUs a day, that's insane. 8,000 a day, insane. 2,000 IUs at once in a pill, not a good idea. Because here's what happens when you have too much vitamin D floating around in your serum is that vitamin D and calcium, they um, they work with each other. So if vitamin D goes up in order for the body to uh, maintain its pH, its homeostasis, it needs to also then raise calcium levels in the blood. And so how does it do this? It pulls calcium either from the bones or from the gut in order to counter, to help balance these extreme levels of vitamin D that are sitting, floating around in your serum. So you can see how this can be problematic because individuals taking vitamin D, what do a lot of people take it for? They take it for bone health. You know, they want to prevent osteoporosis, so they take large amounts of vitamin D. What happens when you take large amounts of vitamin D 
is calcium becomes imbalanced. And so your body's smart. It's going to pull, you know, from places with the most calcium and it's going to pull that into the blood so that you stay healthy and alive because the blood has a very specific pH that it has to maintain. And if it gets goes off of that pH, even by a, a small amount, really detrimental things, life-threatening conditions can happen pretty immediately. So your body won't let that happen. It'll pull calcium from your gut or from your bones to offset that. And so what we have is we're now actually creating more bone health issues and more hormone health issues and more gut health issues by taking a supplemental form of vitamin D because there's too much vitamin D floating around in the bloodstream, much more than the body needs or can use at once. Remember, 25D is a storage form, so it can't even use immediately that storage form of vitamin D. We don't actually use vitamin D for any of our immune system function uh, um, until it gets to the 125 active form. So this becomes not a safe practice, not a health supportive practice, but it actually becomes a dangerous practice to then supplement with vitamin D3, okay? So number one, if you have osteoporosis, it's probably a really bad idea to supplement with vitamin D, okay? I don't care if you combine it with K2. There is not enough evidence to show that that's going to offset pulling calcium from the bones or the gut, okay? Now, and this is because... This is an unnatural form of taking vitamin D3 and vitamin K2 in a pill. This is going to be very different if you eat these foods in whole food form, okay? So that's one thing. The other thing is when there's high vitamin D levels in the serum, this is very stressful on the kidneys and can actually um, diminish one's kidney function, okay? That's another thing. There's a, whole, um, there's a whole other connection with autoimmunity, with co-infections, with Lyme, and taking vitamin D supplements, and it's my goal to get to that by the end of this episode, and if I don't, it'll be in the next episode. We're going we're gonna to keep rolling with this and see how far we get. <clears throat> Let's talk about sunlight a little bit, because um, this is the primary way that humans are designed to make vitamin D. There's over 70 different forms of vitamin D made that the body can make that we know of today via sunlight. So unlike um, when you take vitamin D in a pill, when sunlight hits your skin, okay, it becomes um, uh, pre-vitamin D, okay, and um, it, it interacts with your skin because here's the thing. Let me back up just a little bit. In order for your body to make vitamin D from sunlight, UVB light in the range of 290 to 315 nanometers needs to be present. So you can't go outside in step one of your Sunlight RX at sunrise and expect to make vitamin D. You're going to precondition your skin to be able to make more vitamin D but you actually aren't going to be able to make vitamin D 
until UVB light shows up in the solar spectrum. So when UVB is present, it hits your skin and there's something called 7-dehydrocholesterol. Just think of it as a form of cholesterol sitting on your skin. It's waiting. It's sitting there waiting for UVB light to hit it. Okay? When UVB light interacts with a 7-dehydrocholesterol sitting on your skin, this becomes pre-vitamin D. Okay? Pre-vitamin D is, is then combines with the vitamin D uh, binding protein, and this is what shuttles it to the liver. Okay, so you have UVB light, hits your skin, interacts with cholesterol, it creates something called pre-vitamin D. Okay, now that pre-vitamin D enters its transport system, which is the vitamin D binding protein, and the vitamin D binding protein drives it to the liver, okay, drops it off where it's turned into 25D3, the storage form of vitamin D. The body stores a lot of different molecules. It's meant to store certain molecules and then release them as the body needs them. There's a misconception that the body needs high amounts of vitamin D every single day. That's not accurate. The body needs more um, of the 125D, the act, actually active form of vitamin D, when there's infection, when there's illness, when there's injury, when there's chronic disease. It needs more of the 125 because the 125 is responsible for all of the immune system accolades that we attribute to vitamin D. They do not belong to vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 is simply a storage form of vitamin D. It's like potential energy stored there waiting to be called upon when the body needs it. So sunlight um, shuttles the pre-vitamin D to the liver. The liver turns it into 25D3, the storage form. So when your immune system needs to use vitamin D, it shuttles the storage form to the kidneys and the kidneys turn it into 125D3, the active form. And then this is used by vitamin D receptors all over your body based on the hierarchy of need. Let's say you stub your toe. It's going to send immune, um, immune system cells, immune molecules to that area in order to help repair the damage. Okay, let's say you have cancer. It's going to send it to that site. Let's say you hit your head and get a brain injury. It's going to send it there. Let's say you have issues in, in your heart, it's going to send it there, right? It's going to send it where the body most needs it. Okay, <clears throat> so um, I'm going to mention a couple other things about vitamin D supplementation versus, versus sunlight because that's just, we're just scratching the surface here. So you know that the difference, the main, one of the main differences between vitamin D supplementation and um, vitamin D that the body makes via sunlight, one of the biggest differences that we've mentioned so far is how it's transported in the body. Take it in a pill, it's transported via LDL, which is not its main um, transport system. Okay, We don't know if it's really going to make it into storage form into the liver, 
um, the, I should say the main storage form, which is the liver, we don't know if it's even going to make it there because LDL's main job isn't to transport vitamin D throughout the body. When, you're, when you make vitamin D via sunlight, it is transported to the liver via a vitamin D binding protein, and this pretty much ensures that that vitamin D is going to make it to the liver where it can become D3 storage form. Okay, now there's some other discrepancies here. So, um, <clears throat> let's see where I want to start here. So, there's numerous other enzymes and molecules that are produced as a result of sun-to-skin contact. And many of you may have heard of the CYP enzymes, the CYP enzymes. Many of these are activated with sun-to-skin contact, Okay. And so what's the big deal here? What do you need to know? What's the take home? Maybe you don't love science. You're like, what the hell is it? CYP enzyme. I have no idea how they're like, just tell me what's the difference here. <clears throat> and some of you are going to be interested in the science. So I'll try to, to, to um, get this message across in both using both perspectives. So um, CYP enzymes, this is a huge difference between sunlight, uh, getting your vitamin D from sunlight and from a pill. So when you are making vitamin D via UVB light hitting your skin and hitting the cholesterol molecules on your skin, what happens is it activates certain CYP enzymes, and one most notably is CYP11A1, and this is the main hormone pathway. So somebody who has a hormone, um, hormone issues in their body, infertility, um, cancer, obesity, um, PCOS, insulin resistance. They need to get in sunlight to help heal their hormones because when UVB light hits the skin, interacts with cholesterol on the skin, it activates the CYP enzyme 11A1, excuse me, which is the main hormone pathway. It makes pregnenolone. And you need pregnenolone. It's basically the mother all of all hormones. It's the precursor needed to make every single steroid hormone in your body. When you take vitamin D in a pill, this activation does not occur. You will not get the hormone benefits that you'll get when you make vitamin D via sunlight. This is very a very, very important distinguishing factor. Because, hey, guess what? Osteoporosis, it's a hormone-related disease. Okay, a lot of people who have osteoporosis take vitamin D. Um, uh, cancer, it's a hormone-related disease. A lot of people with cancer megadose on vitamin D supplements. And I'm going to get into why. That's a horrific idea if you haven't realized why already. So if we actually want to reap the benefits of vitamin D that we're told... You have to ditch the supplements. You have to get in sunlight because so many other things happen when you're in sunlight via just popping a pill, okay? So we know that vitamin D is going to be transported much differently when you make it um, via sunlight versus a pill. 
and you're going to get this hormone activation, okay? So you're gonna have this activation of the Cype Enzyme 11A1, which is going to support hormone production, okay? Now, not all of, um, now the, the Cype Enzyme 11A1, all of these enzyme a, enzymes don't actually make pregnenolone. alone. Um, what can happen is it can also um, create something called lumisterol, L-U-M-I sterol. It's basically a sterol, a hormone that you make from light, from sunlight. And this lumisterol is also referred to as L3. It's a photo-induced sterol that functions as a natural sunscreen, so it prevents sunburn. It acts as an anti-cancer agent. It acts as an anti-inflammatory agent. It scavenges free radicals. It repairs broken and damaged DNA. And this is activated when you are in UVB sunlight. And we're going to assume, I'm going to assume that you've preconditioned your skin with morning sunlight so all of this can occur. So... Um, these are really, really important differences. They're huge. Like all of the accolades that go to vitamin D, go to vitamin, the active form of vitamin D, which is all of the immune accolades, and go to um, vitamin D that your, your body produces when in sunlight, which belongs to all the hormone benefit um, accolades and the anti-cancer accolades, okay? So we really, really have to distinguish here and we have to know that you're not going to get those benefits of vitamin D that we're told are so amazing and reduce all-cause mortality and improve the immune system and fight cancer. You're not going to get that in a pill. That is not how you achieve the benefits of vitamin D. You achieve the benefits of vitamin D in sunlight, eating dietary sources of vitamin D so that um, the body can uh, create all the enzymes and molecules and active form of vitamin D needed in order for your body to actually reap the benefits, to produce the um, immune system benefits, the anti-cancer benefits, the anti-inflammatory benefits, the DNA repair benefits, that vitamin D can offer. So anyone out there taking a pill right now, know that you're not going to get any of those benefits by taking a pill. In fact, you're going to make your body worse by taking a pill because you're going to drive calcium out of the bones and out of the gut to help offset the ridiculous imbalance, uh, high levels of vitamin D sitting in your serum, floating around in the serum. And um, you're going to cause calcium imbalance in the body, which impacts your thyroid function. It impacts every single aspect of your body. It is really hard on the kidneys, okay? Um, and I've seen many people uh, come to me, say, Heather, I want to work with you. I say, we, we get into the supplement aspect of what they're on. Many people are on high-dose vitamin D. And they're experiencing very significant side effects as a result. But they don't attribute those side effects to their vitamin D supplementation because everything they read about vitamin D says that it's beneficial. But it's not in the right context. So I see that some of the side effects of 
vitamin D mega dosing. And most people are mega dosing because one little drop of vitamin D is um, a lot of vitamin D. <laughs> it's like, you know, at least a thousand, two thousand IUs. Okay, so um, some of the side effects of too much vitamin D from supplement form in the body are nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, chronic fatigue, um, extreme fatigue, weakness in the body. Um, so these are just a few symptoms to stay uh, to be aware of. Okay, <clears throat> um, there's a lot to this topic, and I want to um, I want to make sure we get into the autoimmune connection here. So let's continue down this path of um, storage form of vitamin D, active form of vitamin D, and um, I want to start by mentioning in 2010, the recommendations for vitamin D changed. So I believe they were about, um, let me see if I can get the exact number for you here. Because this is a really important um, distinguishing factor. So the old range before 2010 was 10 to 25 uh, NGs per ml for our vitamin D, you know, requirements. And this is the range in your body, okay? The, the, when you test your, your serum, the old range was 10 to 25. And these are U.S. measurements. You're going to have to go into a Google box and put in uh, the um, uh, EU, unit, EU, EU units to, uh, if you live overseas, to get your, your accurate measurements there. Um, and so that was before 2010, 10 to 25 NGs per ml. Um, since 2010, the uh, recommended range for vitamin D has increased to, I believe it's 30 to, uh, it's either 80 or 100, okay, for the recommended. So just by making that, that switch, everybody has become deficient in vitamin D. And again, remember the lab is only going to test your storage form of vitamin D. So let's talk about this a little bit because um, this is really important. We've been told that 25D, the higher our, our 25D is, the less uh, um, risk there is for disease and the lower it is, then um, this is uh, more of a, a, a cause of chronic disease. So this is actually very false because vitamin D3 is a storage hormone. It's a substrate, meaning it's, it's a, a, a pre-factor to making active form of, of vitamin D, the 125. So... Um, low serum storage, 25D, is actually what's called an, a negative acute phase reactant. What that means is that the body pulls on the storage form as it's needed, okay? 
And so if it's not needed, it's going to stay in the storage form. So healthy individuals, they um, have higher levels of storage 25D. They just naturally have higher levels. They have less need to produce the active form of 125D, so their active 125D numbers go down. So in a healthy state, healthy individuals tend to have higher numbers of 25D because their body doesn't need to pull on it as much to become active 125D. It doesn't need to pull on it because there's not as much need. There's not a chronic infection. There's not cancer. There's not diabetes. So the vitamin D doesn't actually need to be put to use. So it stays in that potential energy. It stays in that 25D storage form. So in healthy individuals, they're active 125D levels actually go down, okay? This is the exact opposite of a deficiency state, right? We're told vitamin D deficiency causes disease. And that actually is very, very untrue if we look at how vitamin D is acting in the body because let's look at the disease state. So, In a diseased state, there's lots of inflammation in the body. There's infection in the body. um, And and there's there's more of an immune system need that the body needs in order to heal. So in a diseased state, active 125 levels actually go up. Why do they go up? Because more of the storage 25D is sent to the kidneys to become the active form in order to fight inflammation, in order to to fight infection in the body. So in a diseased state, storage 25D levels go down because we're pulling on it more because we need to make more active 125D. So active 125D levels go up in diseased states, in Even in acute infection, C19, TB, um, pneumonia, a cold, a flu, bronchitis, your active 125D levels are going to go up. Cancer, diabetes, autoimmunity, your active 125 levels are going to go up. Your storage level is going to go down because your body's going to pull on the storage form more in order to meet your body's inflammatory and anti-infectious needs. Okay, so 25D is a negative acute phase reactant. The body's going to pull on that D as it needs it. One of the biggest misconceptions that we have currently with regard to vitamin D3, the 25D storage form, is that we're told that low levels are the cause of chronic disease. And we have this backwards. Low levels of 25D storage are not the cause of chronic disease, but are actually the consequence of the chronic disease. So your body 
before you had a cancer diagnosis, before you got diagnosed with autoimmunity, before um, uh, you had auto, autoimmunity, Lyme, etc., before you got that diagnosis, your body was far before this diagnosis pulling on your D3 stores to make more 125 active D in order for your body to heal, okay? And so it had been doing this for uh, a a much longer time. Um, And we also have to note that in order for your body to fight off that condition, it had to pull from the storage form to make more of the active form. This is why low levels of 25D are the consequence and not the cause of chronic illness. We really have to understand that. People think that their vitamin D levels are low because, um, and that's why they got a chronic disease. But they got, their vitamin D level, levels are low because they have a chronic condition. So we have this backwards today. So this means that supplementing with D3 is not going to rectify the issue because it's not the cause, it's a consequence of your chronic illness. So let's talk a little bit more about this here. Um, okay. <clears throat> I want to bring in this autoimmunity connection here. So um, we have to really understand uh, that um, many chronic diseases actually begin by inflammation. And I've talked about this much in the past, that much of chronic disease begins by us suppressing um, an acute condition. So... Um, What do I mean? You have C. diff, you take antibiotics. You have pneumonia, you take antibiotics. You um, um, get vaccinated. Um, You take, you have a a skin condition, you take, you you apply a steroid cream. You have arthritis, you take, um, uh, uh, I'm blanking on it it's the it's the worst <laughs> you you take the uh the steroid right and so we suppress we suppress we suppress we suppress the infectious agent you have lyme antibiotics 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 it's just one suppression after the next when there's an infectious agent in the body your 125d levels will go up okay and um, this is because your body's using that to fight off the illness, to fight off the, the infection. It's going to produce more immune cells in order to fight that illness off. What happens when you suppress? Um, the infection actually doesn't go away. It just um, is pushed into deeper levels of the body. So 125D levels will likely stay quite high because your body still recognizes that there's inflammation in the body, that there's infection in the body, even if it's low grade. And anytime there's 
inflammation or infection in the body, 125D levels are going to go up to help fight the infection. So um, this is really, really uh, important. It's important also because I find it very interesting that even the mainstream medical, the government, the Western medical world, is now supporting vitamin D supplementation. And I think there might be something to this. And here's what my thoughts are. As you get an infection in the body, Epstein-Barr, Lyme, HIV, even a streptococcus, an enterococcus, a bacterial infection, what happens is in order for 125D to become activated and for, for us to obtain all the immune system accolades of the, D, of the vitamin D, the 125D has to go and sit in a, in a lock and key. It has to lock and key into a vitamin D receptor. Just like you put a key into a door, it has to be the right key into the lock. You turn it, boom, it opens, you enter. 125D... Once it's activated, it has to, in order to be activated, I should say, and really do its work, it has to fit lock and key into the vitamin D receptor. What happens when you have um, an infection in the body, a viral, high viral load, a bacterial, um, uh, high bacterial load in the body, they, these pathogens displace the 125 from the vitamin D receptor, and they take its place. So no longer is the 125D in the receptor or in order to perform its immune system activities. No, now it, it can no longer take its receptor site place. And this is a very big issue because... The 125 then has no home. It has nowhere to go. And the body sees that there's an infection in the body. It sees that there's a high bacterial load. So it'll create more and more and more 125D in order to fight the infection. But the 125D is not actually becoming activated, like truly activated, because it's not allowed to enter its receptor site. It's not entering the vitamin D receptor. So what happens is this is why people with chronic disease, with high bacterial loads, with high viral loads, their 125D levels are high. They stay high because the vitamin D cannot access its receptor. So what does it do instead? If it can't access its receptor, it needs somewhere to go. It's not just going to stay, you know, loose, uh, floating around your body. You know, it, it needs a receptor to bind to. So it has, um, 125D has a very high affinity to also to the thyroid. So if it can't get into its own vitamin D receptor, it will go and steal first primarily um, the placement of T3. It will displace T3 from its thyroid receptor and it it will steal that position and it will take the place of uh, T3. 
Okay, this now we have to be seeing here um, that this is a real, real cause, a very overlooked cause of autoimmunity, of Hashimoto's, of thyroid imbalances, is that when there's a high infection load in the body, viral, bacterial, it will, uh, the, the pathogens will displace 125 from its receptor, it will take their place, and then 125 will then go around looking for other receptors to bind to. Its primary affinity is um, the thyroid. So it displaces T3, then people have issues with T3. It also has other affinities for uh, the uh, nuclear receptor for testosterone, for cortisol, for progesterone, right? It's a sterol, so it's a hormone, 125D, and it's going to offset other hormone receptors in the body in order to attach somewhere. And so now we see why people with high bacterial or viral loads have such issues with autoimmunity and with hormone, with their hormone health. Because the path, excess pathogens block the VDR receptor, the vitamin D receptor. And so excess vitamin D starts to block other receptors in the body, creating autoimmune conditions. Once you lose your VDR regulation here, this causes a cascade of autoimmune diseases that occur and the thyroid is almost always first to be attacked. So... <clears throat> we see that um, this is often, um, for people who don't have autoimmunity, this can often be initial phases of a cancer or diabetes diagnosis because quite often it starts with an infectious agent that was suppressed, that never really leaves the body, and in response... 125 vitamin D levels actually go up in order to try to defend the pathogen. But the pathogen can't actually be completely fought off because the, the vitamin D receptor site that activates our immune activity is displaced by the pathogen. The pathogen has taken the place of the vitamin D receptor of the 125. So we never actually get the immune benefits of the 125D. Now, what happens if our autoimmune people, if our cancer people, if our, our um, Epstein-Barr people, if our Lyme people take vitamin D in supplement form, okay, and they have huge amounts of storage vitamin D, on, and, and vitamin just waiting there to become 125D. The body is going to make more and more and more 125D in the presence of illness in order to fight the illness. But when there's high infection load, pathogen load in the body, there's no receptor for the 125 to actually, there's no vitamin D receptor available. All the tables are full. It has nowhere to go. So now we create this situation of autoimmunity, right? Because 
the more D3 you have in storage, the more you, you use the D3 in storage to convert to 125D. So you keep supplementing when you have a chronic issue, when you have Lyme, when you have co-infections, when you have autoimmunity, when you have cancer. You build your storage form, and then more and more and more of the 125 will be created, but it doesn't have a home to go to. So now what? So then it starts stealing other receptors, the thyroid, uh, testosterone receptor, cortisol receptor, progesterone receptor. And now not only do you have um, co-infections in your body, you have hypothyroidism and you have hormone imbalances. You have cortisol disruption. Your sleep is disrupted. Your hormones are disrupted. And we're not looking at this side of the coin when it comes to vitamin D. This is why it's an extremely dangerous idea to supplement with vitamin D. Now, C19 came into the play. Oh, suddenly the Western world is game on for vitamin D supplementation. Suddenly, doctors are recommending vitamin D supplementation. They've never recommended another supplement ever before. They've never supported that. Suddenly they are. Is there someone, uh, is there, do they know about this connection? Does the government, does the medical field, the Western medical field know about this connection? That um, people actually have high levels of 125D and the more uh, supplement they take, uh, the longer their acute affection will last the more chronic their condition will become. I said to my partner the other day, I said, do you think they know this connection? Do you think that they're they're doing this on purpose, that they're purposefully recommending vitamin D supplementation? And now um, many in like mega doses, you can even go get a freaking IV of vitamin D. Do you think they know this connection and they want, and, and because suddenly they're attributing Uh, Now there's like this prolonged COVID. If it's prolonged, it can become an autoimmune condition. Oh, really? Like, how? I cannot, my partner is is much less skeptical than I am. She said, no, they're not that smart, Heather. They're they're not going to do that. They're not smart enough to do that. I, um, I question it, but despite the fact if they know it or not, this connection between um, pathogens and excess uh, 125D production and it having no receptor site to go to, to bind to, to act, actually activate the immunity, the immune system. This is the bigger deal we have to know. We have to know this and we have to stop supplementing because we're likely just feeding our health issues by doing so. I'm always skeptical of supplementing because we really don't know how that supplement acts in the body. The body is so intricate. We're learning so many different things every day about the body. You know, there's 70 different forms of vitamin D produced in sunlight. There's 17 different forms of the storage form of vitamin D3 that we know of today. This is really important to know, okay? And we have to be much more deciphering 
of what we put in our body when it comes to a supplement because we really don't know if it's going to benefit the body or not. But what do we know? We know that sunlight exposure helps to um, displace pathogens from the vitamin D receptor, right? We know that, or I should say I, I am personally uh, now very aware that homeopathy in part works because of its ability to displace pathogens from the vitamin D receptor. This, that's my personal observation after knowing this information. So we need, in order to really heal, we need VDR, vitamin D receptor antagonists, in order to displace the pathogens from the VDR receptor so that vitamin D, the 125 active form, has a home to go to and can actually start supporting immune function that we depend on vitamin D for. But in order to do so, we have to displace the, the pathogens from the VDR, and we need to do that by VDR antagonists. What are those? Um, Wild-caught seafood. What else? Sunlight. All the, all of the amazing things I talk about on, on, my, on the podcast here and recommend to my clients. Um, to a much lesser extent, we could probably add to that mix things like um, uh, medicinal mushrooms, like lion's mane, like reishi, like cordyceps, you know, um, like chaga, these sort of things, okay? And we have to get individual, right? We have to make make the, the choice for that's right for the individual. Not everyone's going to benefit from these things. Uh, we really have to, to look at the body's needs, how it reacts to certain foods, etc. But we know that sunlight, that um, uh, wild-caught seafood, that medicinal mushrooms, that things in the sage and rosemary family all have this ability to act as a VDR antagonist. And the strongest of them are sunlight. That's number, number one when it comes to displacing uh, the pathogens from the vitamin D receptor. <clears throat> but we also have to add in that category, I think even a stronger one, what I've found in my practice is homeopathy. Why some, somebody with C. diff comes into my practice, right, this very high pathogen load, and starts on a homeopathic uh, prescription that I, that I guide them toward, and their C. diff starts to go away, and they start to get better from a root place. Why does this happen? It, there's, there's not, at this time, what I know is that it absolutely has to start displacing the pathogens on the VDR receptor so that the immune system can actually function healthily again. So this was just the beginning of vitamin D. There's a lot to this subject. We're just kind of scratching the surface here, but hopefully it gave you some really deep insight as to why vitamin D supplementation is a, not only a bad idea, but a dangerous idea when it comes to our health, how it can actually um, cause an autoimmune condition, Lyme, individuals struggling with co-infection for that situation to actually become worse and not better.
and um, we I didn't even get to uh, dive into why um, the storage form versus the active form and why we actually don't need super high levels of the, of the storage form the levels were were being told to achieve are blown out of proportion and um, and the 125d the last thing I'll mention today has a diurnal rhythm so no matter if you're in sunlight or not your body will produce the 125 active form of d because it relies on it so much for immune system function so much so that it can't wait for sunlight or hey is sunlight there or is it not there in order to function in order to support immune function D3, the storage form, does rely on sunlight. There is a seasonal variation, but when it comes to the active form, there's no seasonal variation. And I'll get into this more in future episodes. If you're interested in approaching your health struggles from a root place this 2022, then I invite you to join me for a classical homeopathy consultation. I'm currently accepting new clients and to sign up, you can go to my site, heathershepherd.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com backslash healing. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you can sign up for an initial consultation. Let's get you feeling better this 2022 from a root place. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.